We are Gathering of the Geeks, a podcast and YouTube show built around the things we as geeks all love. Hashtag we gather on Sundays. Thank you for checking out episode three, the one where we talk about welcoming new fans. I am your one of your hosts, Emmett, and I'm joined by the Ted Lasso to my coach Beard, Chris Evans. Chris, how's it going tonight, man? I can't tell the difference between my waking nightmares and my life, or whatever he says. <laughs> <laughs> I can't forget the quote. I just watched it. I'm doing good though. I'm still oh, did you? Moon Knight trailers, yeah. Yeah, just a, just a never-ending moonlight, a uh, Moon Knight trailer oh, on repeat. The accident right? will come back later when I, you know, it'll come back. But we're going to go yeah. in and out of it throughout the show. Accidental, accidental accident. Accident. That's right, Governor. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I just want to say hey to everybody on the uh, live chats. We've got a pretty uh, boisterous and uh, fulfilled uh, chat already. We've got uh, Tara, Ian, Cookie, Eric, Lauren, Grabs. Uh, so far in the chat, thanks so much for everyone for checking us out on this nice Sunday evening. And if you're listening on the podcast version, thanks so much for checking us out. Uh, Chris, what's been going on this week, man? Um, we were talking a little bit earlier today that um, aside from more Batman news, uh, a little bit of Mission Impossible news, not much was happening in the in the, in the verse uh, this week. So uh, what would you get up to? Not much, actually. Yeah. Uh, I started Devil May Cry 5 this week, so that kind of took a lot of my time. But mm-hmm. uh, I've watched... I started Euphoria. I did do that. Mm. Uh, that's That's been interesting. <laughs> um, Peacemaker, Boba Fett. Watched both of those. I don't think I watched any movies this week, actually. Mm. I think it was mostly just uh, just TV series. And then, uh, of course, Devil May Cry. And you know that trailer that I'm sure we're going to get to, right, mate? <laughs> is that Australian? That might be Australian. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm just going to alienate everybody tonight. That was. I mean, you might, might and accidentally alienate every person in the world. I apologize in advance. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, nice. uh, Chris did say we were going to talk about Moon Knight. We're going to get that probably closer to the end of the show. We've got a couple topics and a couple things that we're going to talk about this week that's going to yeah. lead into other things. You mentioned Euphoria right off the bat. So, and that's kind of been, yeah. you know, this is our third show. This is the third time we've mentioned Euphoria. Um, I thought I knew what the show was, but had no idea what it was. Um, Cookie and Juan, who are in the comments on, on YouTube, uh, have been helping me out with it a little bit. Um, what what has been your experience like watching Euphoria so far? How, how far have you gotten? It is euphoric. Yeah. Okay, uh, no. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's uh, it's entertaining, but it's not um, not what I thought it was going to be. I, I know that right. I'd seen on Twitter it was really hard hitting and dramatic, but mm-hmm. I wasn't really expecting it to be this. And I, I said this on Twitter too. I'm I've only really seen Zendaya in um, the Spider Man movies. I saw her in Dune, which I remember now, but she doesn't really do much. So when I think of Zendaya, I think of Spider Man and MJ. So to watch MJ do coke was incredibly jarring to me. Um, but that aside, she's really good. Mm-hmm. At it. And so is the whole cast. I'm not deep into it. Uh, I meant to watch more of it this week, but I kept getting sidetracked with other stuff. But I'm going to stick with it. It's pretty good. Just a lot more intense than I was expecting. Yeah, and that's the sense I got to. Um, I was asking, I think it was last week. I, I didn't know anything about the show. I just knew that Sunday was in it. I knew that it dealt with issues. And I was curious about whether or not it was good enough for a young teen girl, Mm -hmm. as in my daughter, um, Juan and cookie both said, you know, pretty much hard. No on that one. Yeah. And I think it was, maybe it was that night or the day after my wife started watching it. Um, one of the first things that she said to me after, I think it was even just the first episode was that's a lot of penises. Um, you know, (laughs) yeah. So aside from, you know, like the, the drugs in it and the, the mature nature of it, I, I don't think she was expecting the amount of nudity that was in it. Um, I haven't, I've only seen one scene of the entire show. I was sitting down the other day, I was doing a puzzle that's right beside our TV. And my wife had this, had an episode on where was it Zendaya was talking to, a male character that looked like a diner. Um, he, he mentioned that he was a uh, an addict as well. And the scene went on for, I want to say it was a half an hour, maybe 45 minutes of them just sitting there talking about addiction and talking about life. Um, I was beyond gobsmacked at, at the, the quality of the acting. Um, like you said, I've only seen Zadea in once. I've seen the Spider-Man movies and in Dune. In Dune, she wasn't in it that much. 
Um, I was flabbergasted with the, the, the quality of the writing, the acting, um, the pacing, um, the, the context, the, the, the realness of just a simple conversation. Um, you know, there, there wasn't anything, there was no music, there was no, you know, fancy jump cuts, anything. It was just two people talking about addiction, um, which really, really struck me as something. And I talked to you about this as well, about how, you know, HBO really, really is one of the only networks, if not the only network that, that can do shows like this. Um, and you know, you mentioned you compared it and I think Cookie compared it as well. To kids, the, uh, uh, the yes. old uh, the movie. I got that from her. Okay, and it's not something that I want to watch. Um, you know, kids is not something I want to watch again. I I don't even want to think about that movie sometimes. Um, <laughs> so the idea of watching Euphoria for me, I don't know if I want to do that yet. And that says a lot about a TV show where you don't want to watch something not because of the quality of the show, well, because of the quality of the show, because of how good the show is, but because of how real the show is. That's uh, that's something that kept hitting me too when I was watching. Like, wow, this is uh, pretty dark, and it is realistic, which I think is kind of fascinating when you watch a show like that because it it's about teenagers doing all kinds of stuff, much like that movie Kids was. But I think it goes a little bit deeper than Kids because Kids was a two-hour movie, roughly. Right. Whereas this is a weekly dose of teenage debauchery, if you will, <laughs> and it's it's very intense, but I. I guess I, I, I like the movie Kids. It's not something I, I watch consistently. I've probably seen it a handful of times. And that's good enough mm. for me. But the the big difference between this and Kids, and I, anybody who's really watched more of it can can maybe speak on this a little bit too. I think the biggest difference is this has some solid performances, yeah. not just from Zendaya, but everybody involved. And I think that's where the difference really is. Because while Kids felt like, okay, this is the 90s or late 90s. I forgot when Kids takes place, but Mm -hmm. that was real for its time. This is a perfect product of this time coupled with really good writing and character development and just the actors themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so my wife, uh, I think the new episode, season two, episode three is on tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, So my wife's all the way caught up now. I'm going to keep asking her about it. It's going to be one of those shows that I watch um, just by asking my wife about it. Um, you know, I don't, I don't feel the, the need or I don't think I can handle it right now. Um, I, I don't want to say I'm old or whatever, but I'm getting older where the, the, the type of stuff I like to watch, I have to be very careful with it, how it affects my mood and how it affects, uh, my day to day, day to day life. Cause, uh, the older I get and the more, um, emotional and more of a father figure I get, it's harder to watch certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I'll, I'll just watch the show vicar- vicariously through my wife. Um, that works. but if, oh yeah, it, it works for me. <laughs> um, but it, from what I've seen in that, you know, half hour, 45 minute scene from what you told me, from what I've seen cookie say, from what my wife say, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a show you probably should watch, uh, just because of the quality of it. And you're going to miss the Optimus Prime cameo. I, I heard that that happens this week, I think, in the I, third I, episode. I mean, yeah, it's coming. That's, yeah, that's, he's coming yeah. back for the new arc. My wife's been avoiding spoilers about it, so uh, she's really excited to see what happens with uh, with Optimus. I am too. So that's why I'm catching up tonight. I'm going to watch the rest of the season. <laughs> I have to see the Autobots roll out. Yeah, roll out. That, I want to see Zidane yell, roll out. <laughs> I would, that'd be awesome. <laughs> She's got, she's like, she's got Spider-Man. Give her another franchise now. Let's keep, let's keep this rolling. Dune, that's Transformers, right. yeah, right. <laughs> do something else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree with you that um, that uh, this week I didn't really do too much either. Um, I didn't read a lot of comics. I didn't watch a lot of movies. Um, I kept watching Lost. Um, one of the things I I have been doing, and um, I from my when I go to work, it's usually about a half hour, forty five minute drive. Mm-hmm. If I'm not listening to a podcast. Um, I'm usually listening to an audiobook. Um, one that I started recently was Mr. Mercedes, uh, the Stephen King novel. It also made that into a TV show with uh, Brian Gleason, um, okay. which is very good. Do you have any exposure to audiobooks? Uh, very little. I have listened to the audiobook for Dracula, which was really fun. It had Alan mm. Cummings in it. and Wow. Uh, I want to say it had Tim Curry, but maybe I'm wrong. That'd be wild. 
<laughs> if I, it think did. It, I think it did. I can't remember, but I remember Alan Cumming for sure. I love Alan Cumming. He's great. Mm-hmm. Um, ever since he was Nightcrawler in X2, right. we have just been connected, I think, somehow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love him. But uh, I have listened to that. And also, Tina Fey had a biography that she wrote herself, mm-hmm. and then she narrated herself as an audiobook. And wow. I listened to that, and that was a lot of fun. I was driving home from Las Vegas by myself, which is around a two-day drive, and it gave me something to listen to. Yeah, that's the other thing. It, it, you know, much like podcasts are, um, you know, I listen to podcasts from my friends, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from sports ones, um, the podcasts that I listen to are friends. Uh, so it, they're, I don't want to say they're time wasters, but they're good to put on. I can do something. I can drive home. I don't have to think too much about it. That's kind of where I'm at with audiobooks, and it's this also goes back to the idea of me not watching Euphoria for um, how it will make me feel. I tried to watch Mr. Mercedes, the TV show, and it just wasn't, you know, the 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 content, the um, the nature of it, the um, you know, the adultness of it just wasn't doing it for me. I couldn't, again, I couldn't handle that that the 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 type of show that it was, and now I find that. You know, listening to a, a book or reading a book, it's much different. Um, there's also, there's maybe like a little bit of a disconnect between what is being said or what you're reading versus what you see with your own eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I find I find it, you know, and also Will Patton reads this one. He reads the whole series. It's a whole, it's a trilogy, actually. Uh, the Bill Hodges trilogy. Um, so the, he reads all three, but he, I, I didn't know that he he was the one that reading it, but he's really, really good um in reading it um so uh yeah so it, i i like audiobooks i've listened to a, a couple stephen king ones you know stephen king can, is not the most accessible writer even though he's probably one of the most popular writers mm-hmm. um you know his writing style the length of his books really uh translate well to an audiobook so that was one of my biggest things that i did this week um was start mr mercedes uh, the audiobook, and I'm excited to to, to listen to the next uh, the sequel and and then the third one. Uh, Finders Keepers is the second one, and then End of Watch is the the third one. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it for my uh, small stuff. But one thing we did want to talk about um, this week, Chris, that we haven't talked about in the three episodes we've done so far, is Boba Fett and Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both at four episodes now, which is kind of interesting. It is. You know, Boba Fett's been out for four weeks and uh, Peacemaker's been only out for two with Peacemaker um, doing the three episode drop to start. And then uh, the latest episode four was this Thursday. So I'll let you start it, man. Where do you want to start with uh, Boba Fett or Peacemaker? Just kind of give her our overall thoughts and then maybe we can get into a little bit more spoilery stuff if we want to. Well, before we get to that, I did want to mention that Bolero book that we talked about earlier is not. Sure, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's great. Great nuts. <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. That, that's one of those times, again, I didn't know what it was when I picked it up. And uh, I was really surprised. It's it's a new book from Image. If you guys haven't checked it out, I would recommend it. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Bolero. That's what I say. Okay, cool. So we're on the same page. If we're messing up, we're doing it together. Right, mate? <laughs> I think I'm still Australian. But <laughs> yeah, you gotta... <laughs> but, well, I'll get there. I'll get there. We're working on it. By the time we get to the trailer, I'll have it down. Okay. <laughs> Please, uh, give me time. Yeah, okay. Now you're Oliver Twist. <laughs> Actually, can I have some more? There, there we go. go. All right. Yeah. Let's see. We're, we're getting there. <laughs> but um, Bolero was great. I really enjoyed it. It's a very interesting story. And um, it really caught me off guard because as I was flipping through it, I was like, what is this? Mm-hmm. And it was, at first, I thought it was like a relationship drama. And then you yeah. get to the end. And it's just something completely different, and it's yep. wild. Um, very adult book, though. As I've noticed, indie comics tend to be. But yeah, <laughs> definitely yep. worth the read. Yeah, I was surprised by the length of the issue as well. It's uh, yeah. I think it's almost sixty, maybe sixty plus pages. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not very common for even image books or the smaller indie stuff. Um, you know, you asked me about it and the first thing that I said and the thought of right away was how awesome the art was. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a beautiful looking book, um, from the colors, the colors, especially, but even just the pencils, um, I like the the pencils are great. Mm -hmm. The the art was really nice. And, you know, typically I'm particular with art. You are very particular, aren't you? 
yeah, but I liked it. Anyway, we could talk about the other two. <laughs> let's go with um, let's go with Boba first. Okay. Uh, before we get into that, I just want to say hi to uh, Juan, who's in the chats. Uh, Matthew's in the chats. I saw Frank in the chats, um, and D- and Carlos in the chats, and DC Patrol. Um, thanks, guys, uh, so much for jumping on uh, in the comments. So Boba Fett, four weeks in, and everyone hates it, right? No, I wouldn't say everyone hates it. It seems to be pretty mixed, actually. It's it's pretty mixed. The one thing that I I've thought about it, not um, this is actually the first one that I've watched with my son. I watched um, okay. Mandalorian by myself. Um, he kind of wasn't interested. Saw it on and off, or maybe I watched it after he was um, in bed. But since the when the first episode ca- came out, the kids were off school, um, so the kids were home. So I was watching it during the day, and I had some time off. Um, Cindy, you're giving me shit. Uh, hello, Cindy. How are you? So happy to have you here. Now we're uh, we got we gotta have the E rating because you said yeah. you said the S word. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, my kids were home from school. I was home from work, so I put on Boba Fett, and we've been watching it with my son. It, he likes it, um, and I and I think that's maybe what they're going for is more of a kid friendly show with how. You know, some of the goofiness, especially in episode four, like there's a kitchen fight scene where there's a guy with a whole bunch of knives. There's a little, what do they call him? The rat catcher, little small guy with a net. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. Um, but one of the things that I've noticed is it's just meh. There's nothing that's really standing out. Um, you know, aside from that train scene, which I think is in episode two. Two, I think yeah. It's, was, yeah, episode two. two. There's nothing really that's grabbing my attention. Um, you know, it's Boba walking from place to place, chasing after the mayor. You know, the mayor never wants to see him, um, <laughs> you know, for some reason. Um, you know, Boba was badass in Mandalorian season two. He, he redeemed himself as being the wicked awesome guy who died in the Sarlacc pit. Um, but then he, from Boba Fett, he's gone back to being a punk. You know, he's, you know, in that first, the first episode, him and uh, Fennec are walking down the main street and they're, you know, trapped by those guys with the shields. And Boba couldn't get out of that. Like, this this idea that he was redeemed in Mandalorian Season 2, he's a badass, everyone loves him again, but now they're going backwards with Boba Fett. Um, you know, he's not badass again. He, and they're showing all this past stuff with the, you know, the Tusken Raiders, where he's, he's he has some of that badassness, but it's not fully realized like it was in the Mandalorian. And this it's kind of like feels like they're stepping on their own feet a little bit with mm-hmm. the storytelling of who Boba is supposed to be. Yeah, and I agree with a lot of these comments. Like Grab says that it's a mob, it's like a mob movie with nice guys. I agree with that. Um, I agree with what Ian here Ian says here too that we're getting a nice guy Boba who has exactly the same arc as Mando, which is kind of true, but we're missing Grogu, which made it, you know. I don't want to say it made it work because I think Mandalorian would have worked without Grogu, but something about Grogu, of course, just kind of pushed it over the edge and made it got to watch this as soon as it drops. Um, For me, I liked episodes one and two. I thought they were cool. And then three came around and I was bored throughout most of it. I didn't really care what was going on. And then this fourth one, I was actually checking my phone and the status bar to see when this thing was over. I was so yep. disinterested. I'm not interested in old man Boba fighting in his underwear. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's, that... not, <laughs> it's not working for me. And Boba Fett was never a character that I really cared about prior to this. I always saw Boba Fett as a cool novelty character. Mm-hmm. You know, he was cool in Empire, cool in a little bit. We get him in Jedi. That was enough for me. Then, you know, he was in Mandalorian. He was like, oh, this guy is badass. And then you get him in this, and he's like a teddy bear or something. Mm -hmm. And he has this cool armor that he doesn't really wear. He never wears the helmet. But I guess he's also not a real Mandalorian, so maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Um, Even the action, I don't care anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. And, And going back to the first episode, they had that weird scorpion monster, which is from the comics. Okay. Uh, from my understanding, it's from the comics or the game, something like that. And it looked like Goro from the 1996 Mortal Kombat movie. That's which what is I not thought a, it looked like, too, Goro. And that's yeah. not a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> if, if we were in 96, oh, that's, this is top of the line. 
Mm-hmm. And that's, but I bring it up because at the time I thought, okay, well, maybe that's a one-time occurrence. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. The effects are just so um, uneven throughout this show. So uneven. Like those stupid rope. I shouldn't say stupid because I'm sure there's people like that people that enjoyed that scene. I did not like the kitchen scene at all. No. I didn't understand what I was watching or why I was watching it. Yeah, that's the that's the. I don't know why. We, that, uh, who said it that they wish that it didn't exist? Was that Ian who said it? You wish it didn't exist? I think it was. That's what I'm wondering. What the point of this is? Like, what what are we learning about Boba Fett that we don't didn't learn from the Mandalorian? Like, we we know where his suit went. We know how he got his suit back. Why do we need to see? You know him afterwards ruling, and we saw at the end of Mandalorian season two him, you know, shooting um, what's his name in Jabba's palace, um, uh, Bib Fortuna, Bib Fortuna, and you know, sitting on the throne. Why couldn't they just left it as that and maybe you know mixed him into Mandalorian season three as a part time character? But that's also what I'm wondering about if they're making this show not out of oh, like a need or a want, but out of necessity. They weren't ready for Mandalorian season mm-hmm. three. So let's, we've got a Boba Fett. Everyone loves him. Let's make a, a TV show about Boba Fett. And, and hopefully that's what people want. I, I think that it was a case of, they know there's a lot of Boba Fett fans and they saw the reaction Boba got in Mandalorian. So I think they just kind of figured, hey, we can make a show like this in the volume and it'll cost us peanuts. Right. Well, that's what it, yeah. It seems like they're spending peanuts on it too. It, yeah, certain stuff is like the train fight. I, you won't mm-hmm. hear me complain about the train fight. I agree. Anything with the Tusken Raiders except the ending, like what happened to them. Also, yes. I hate those damn cybernetic kids. Get off my lawn. The ones on the Vespas? Whatever they are, get rid of them. Yeah. I feel like I'm watching a sequel to Alita, but I wanted a sequel to Alita, not this. <laughs> I was going to say, Alita, that would be good. Yeah, Alita too. I'm all <laughs> for it. Don't, not this. This is not mm-hmm. good. Um, oh, Carlos has a good point too. Wonder if Pascal doing Last of Us delayed them from doing season three. That is, uh, that's actually mm-hmm. a good point. Maybe that, maybe that had something to do with it. I, I think it does have something to do with it, and I think it's just a placeholder. And they were just hoping Boba Fett was going to carry them along. The problem is, is I, like I said, you don't care now. I think, like I don't care either. I, yeah. I want to keep watching. Like it's, we're four episodes in. Do you, I think there's eight episodes. I don't know for sure. Um, I, I want to see where this is going. I'm hoping they're going to redeem themselves because of how good Mando season one and two uh, were. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I like Tamir Morrison a lot. I like him as Boba Fett. I, I think he's doing a fine job. Like I've seen online about him, oh, you know, an old man walking through, you know, the desert, all that kind of stuff. I think he's doing, you know, with what he's given, um, with what he's being told to do. I think he's great. Uh, same with Fennec Shane. Um, I don't know the actress's name. She's great. Um, you know, the two leads in it are very well. Um, but it, you know, the story and what, what Bob is doing, I just, I'm not sure where it's going. Um, and, and if, if that's enough to keep me, you know, coming back for more, it's going to, you know, I've kind of started a thing with my son, but even he, like you said, you, you don't care about that, the kitchen scene, even he, by the end of episode four, he was, you know, looking for his iPad, looking for a toy, looking for something else to do. Mm-hmm. Because it's just not holding his attention long enough, um, and it wasn't holding mine either. I think four might have been the worst one so far. Um, even with the, you know, even the, it did have kind of a big action scene in it where he's, you know, getting into his ship and um, that kind of thing. Um, but it still, it just didn't, just didn't hold me long enough. You know, this is a Frank brings up a good point too. Makes me wish they that they should have went with the animation route. And I wonder if animation was the way to go for Boba Fett. I think it might have been. Because you, you would have had like, more freedom, and and then the actor wouldn't have mattered as much, you know. Because I think that's another, another thing about these shows is that the actors want to be seen. Yep. So to have the helmet on them, it, like for whatever reason, Pedro Pascal doesn't care. He's got the yeah. Game of Thrones money, so maybe he doesn't care. I don't <laughs> that's know. Right. But uh, maybe that's what it is to the helmet thing. Because in animation, he would never take the helmet off. I'm sure he'll probably sleep in it. Yeah, the same the same animation as the Clone Wars or like the that's cool animation the, the, like that style. Um, I think that would work well. Um, you know those those shows are some of the most beloved you know Star Wars content um, mm-hmm. out there. You know Rebels and, and Clone Wars. So I think that would have worked uh, well for sure. Um, 
so yeah, we'll see a couple more episodes um, to go. We'll keep coming back to it just because, you know, it's on TV. It's on Disney plus um, has to go up from here. Oh, well, I hope so. You no know, place to go, but, but uh, it's got, it got to be something to do with Danny Trejo and his rancor, right? I was so excited to see Danny Trejo. <laughs> Whenever I think of like my best Comic-Con memories, I always think of him because he's one of the, my favorite people I've ever met at a, mm-hmm. at a comic thing. So that's it for Boba Fett, guys. Uh, let us know what you guys think in the comments, but I think everyone's kind of on the same page as us. Um, switching aisles, uh, or to the other side of the aisle, into one of the biggest streaming shows that uh, is out there right now, and the biggest streaming show that uh, HBO Max, uh, DC, uh, has had, is uh, Peacemaker. Um, it's a great show. It's four episodes in. It's just as wild, crazy, stupid, hilarious, bonkers as you would expect from uh, James Gunn after seeing The Suicide Squad. But, um, you know, what are some of your big takeaways from from uh, Peacemaker, Chris? Um, Chris Smith? Well, mate, no, I think I'm still... A, a <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that Peacemaker is really the show that I don't think anybody asked for, of course. And nobody really expected it to be this good, but it is so good. <laughs> like those first three episodes, I watched in one sitting, and I was ready to watch another one. It's hilarious. It oddly has some heart in it, which I wasn't yep. expecting. And John Cena is so entertaining. So like, good. I never cared about John Cena. I thought he was you know, just the you-can't-see-me guy. But... <laughs> You know, watching this, he's something special, and uh, I like all the cast. Mm-hmm. It's surprisingly good. I, I would say, say surprisingly good as well. And one, the, one of the things after I did the same thing, I watched all three episodes at once, um, and it didn't feel like a chore as well. Um, but one of the things I thought, you know, in the in the time of you know Me Too movement about um, you know equality, all that kind of stuff, this is the show that shouldn't be allowed to be on the air when you think about what is being said and mm-hmm. what is being shown to us. Yeah. Um, but it feels like James Gunn, you know, a lot of people would say, or will say in comedy, if you make fun of everybody, it's okay. If you make fun of one person or one gender or one race, that's not the way to do it. If you make fun of everybody, that's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, John Cena's Chris Smith, everything he says is making fun, fun of white males. You know, yeah. white redneck males. Um, and he's, you know, he makes fun of women. He makes fun of fat people. He makes fun of, um, you know, black people, everything. So I think that's how it works is that every base is covered. And I think that's what the, the whole idea of it is and how it does work. Um, because it shouldn't work when you think about what is being said and the stupid yeah. stuff that happens in this, in this, in the show. But that's also why it's so good. It yeah, feels like a breath it. of fresh air. What's that? You buy into all this stupid, like eagerly. Exactly. <laughs> you just like okay. I don't even question. I don't mind. Yeah. That. Yeah. Exactly. He's hugging him. Sure. Sounds good. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> now I, I need to see if I could train an eagle to hug me because it's badass looking. Yeah, you do that. I'll try. Bite your nose off. No, no. He'll be friendly. <laughs> um. So yeah, and you you know it's got the stupid, it's got the funny, it's got you know John Cena dancing in his underwear, singing into a vibrator. But it's also got the moments, you know, the stuff with his father. And, you know, specifically in episode four, the vigilante stuff um, is, is really where it really got a little more meaningful. Um, yeah. You know, that in the stuff with his father and, you know, what vigilante does for um, Peacemaker because of the, the father issues that they both um, they both have. Um, you know, and, and all of that stupid stuff, all of the meaningful stuff, it's still also got DC world building stupid stuff. Um, you know, it mentions, you know, Aquaman and, and Batman and, um, you know, exactly Batmite. Like, and, you know, it it gets weird and crazy with him going into that room in his father's house, um, the interdimensional, whatever you call it, you know, it's got that, it's got the comic book stuff too, that we all want, you know, it's just, it's not just a, um, you know, a comedy. It's also, you know, feels like, you know, it's, it's based off of a comic book. Um, Go ahead. I was going to say, I think that's just kind of the, the James Gunn thing. James yep. Gunn is clearly a fan of comics and all this stuff. And so mm-hmm. even his Guardians films, his Guardians films are some of the most comic booky stuff of the MCU. He doesn't hold yep. back. Mm-hmm. And so is, I mean, his Suicide Squad, we saw Starro. Who thought we'd ever see Starro on film? 
<laughs> and, and and it worked. Like, it, it worked, worked. <laughs> so well. Yeah. Even like that last line, I was enjoying myself, you know, wandering in the stars or whatever it is. That's right. It gave Starro some heart. It's, it's a giant starfish. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing, you know, um, it brings in the, the, there's, there's that small thing in the back of the, the, of every episode, the butterflies, mm-hmm. there is a threat. There is something weird going on. Um, it's a, it's a great written show. Like, you know, James Gunn wrote this in quarantine, uh, wrote this in quarantine, you know, it took him a, you know, whatever, a month or so he pitched it to DC and they're making it like to, for him to do this in that short amount of time, just because he wanted to do it. Nobody asked him to do it. Um, I think, I think it shows what kind of uh, filmmaker, TV show runner, whatever you want to say, James Gunn is, um, even if you don't like what is, you know, what is happening, I think there's a craft that's, he, that, it, that he's showing, um, that not a lot of, um, filmmakers, writers, directors, whatever, what have you are, are capable of. Cause that's what I'm really surprised about. Um, cause I'm not even the biggest James Gunn fan, yeah. um, you know, prior to his guardian stuff. Um, I don't think I'd seen one movie that he had wrote or directed. Um, you didn't see Scooby Doo. So I did not see Scooby Doo. I didn't know he was involved in Scooby Doo. <laughs> yeah, the the, the Scooby Doo with uh, Matthew Lillard, Fred Prince Jr., Sarah Michelle Geller. I really? don't think he directed it, but he wrote it, or maybe he directed it either way. He was heavily involved. His first version was rated R, and they said no. Ah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Like I hadn't, I didn't see um, Super, the one he did with uh, Rain Wilson. I didn't yeah. see um, the one with Michael Rooker, the horror movie. I can't remember what it's called. Slither. Slither. I haven't seen that. Mm. Um, so I still, I'm not the biggest James Gunn fan. I in, initially on seeing Guardians one and two, I still wasn't the biggest fan of those. Um, I watch them more now because my son is in love with uh, the characters, and that's really what it is. James Gunn gets characters and gets ensemble characters. He gets all the people together doing their thing. Um, that's another big thing about Peacemaker is, you know, the cast. Um, you know, Steve Agee, Jennifer Holland. Um, I can't pronounce the woman's, the the, the black woman's name. Um, Abadayo or something. Abadayo. I'm sorry. Yeah, Abadayo, uh, which is really cool. I like that they uh, brought in Waller as uh, her mother. I really like that kind of stuff. Again, more DC stuff. Um, just bringing the worlds all together. So the cast is great. I think that's one of the biggest things for me is is how well the cast works. And, you know, John Cena just being a crazy asshole. It's fun. It really is just so much fun. And um, like you said, it's it's so connected too, which is interesting. Because you would think that this would they would want this to be on its own, but it's not. It is, it is firmly connected to everything we've seen before and expanding the world, which is really neat. And, they, you know, the actors are saying episode eight is insane. You won't believe what's in it, who's in it. Yeah, I've read that. But at the same time, Paul Bettany also said, I always wanted to act with this guy. <laughs> and it was himself. Division. Yeah, he, he's fighting himself. So no thanks, guys. We see this. <laughs> I'll just keep my expectations in check. It's not Mephisto. Yeah, well, that'd be cool. Maybe, Maybe it's Reed Richards. <laughs> Maybe it's Reed. I don't know. Maybe it's Mark. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we love Peacemaker. I love Peacemaker. It's it's a must watch. I'm watching that one with my wife, which is interesting. We both watched uh, Suicide Squad together. Um, so this is really her getting into more of the um, the DC stuff. She finds it hilarious. I find it hilarious. Um, it's a win. Uh, you know, as much as people were complaining about HBO Max not having things, the DC side, from what we've seen, um, you know, reports from whoever Variety or whatever, I think they were the ones who mentioned how popular this show was. Um, because it is popular. It's popular with me. I think it's popular with everyone who's watched it. I don't know if I've seen a bad review for it or people who haven't liked it. Um, I've seen some. Yeah. Okay. I didn't. I didn't know the butterfly thing is new. I thought there was a, a, a like something from the comics. I thought it was pulling from something. So that's cool. It's yeah. So it, it, you know, they're really revealing that stuff more and more too about who are what are the butterflies and who are the butterflies. Um, we not see that sp- by the end of end of episode four. Yeah. Yeah, not to spoil it, but that was a really cool reveal. Mm-hmm. It's not I, Optimus I, Prime, but I yeah. I thought well, we'll just say it's Optimus Prime to cover spoilers. But I thought that that he that Optimus was going to be a butterfly just by the way he was acting. He was just acting weird. If he's, I wonder who the. Never mind. <laughs> you want to cast the Transformers in? Peacemaker? I was I was going to, but let's not. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> then I make I guess the spoiler could be deciphered. Because you know we are 
the, you know, we're trying to keep it a secret. Yeah, okay, that's fine. So that's Peacemaker. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Peacemaker. So, um, you know, who, who would have thought we would? I'm a big fan of Peace and I'll do whatever it takes to get it. Um, and who would have thought we would have said that about a character that nobody had ever heard of before? No. Um, like nobody. And one of the goofiest people. costumes. It's stupidest costumes. And I, I like, was it the last episode where he goes into his dad's house and he steals all the helmets? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one That's the other like thing. About, helmet. Yeah. I, I, I like the stuff with his dad, especially, you know, Robert Patrick, you know, Robert Patrick, yeah. man. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know if this is a good or bad thing, but he's really believable as a horrible, horrible human being. Perf- perfectly cast. I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, though. It's not like I hate Kevin Bacon because he's so believable as a horrible person. I guess Robert Patrick's going on that list. I like his hair, too. I kind of do, yeah. It's neat. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, guys, so that's our what we'd watched and what we did this week. Um, Frank, that's a really interesting theory about uh, Jaime Reyes and the bug, you know, the scarab as uh, Blue Beetle. Interesting thing. Uh, okay, that's it for what we read, what we watched this week, guys. Uh, we're not so hyped on Boba Fett, and we're really excited for Peacemaker. Uh, all right, so let's jump into our poll this week, guys. Um, this week's poll was Star Wars versus Star Trek. And, you know, not surprisingly, I don't think to anyone, Star Wars beat Star Trek. Um, Chris, what do you think about this trailer or about this poll? Um you know, I don't know what kind of a fan you are of Star Trek um, or what you've watched of it. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of Star Trek. I'm a bigger fan of Star Trek than I am of Star Wars. But I totally understand the love for Star Wars over Star Trek. Yeah, I like Star, Star Wars more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Star Wars is um, something I grew up watching and I'm just more familiar with it. But I've actually... Um, once the J.J. Abrams movie came out, the, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie, that got me really interested in it. And uh, some friends of mine are also big fans of Star Trek, and they've kind of led me to watch different things. It's like I've seen a lot of the Shatner series, which I mm-hmm. really enjoy. Yeah. I, I know it's nuts, and it's the maximum amount of camp I think possible. Yep. But it's so much fun, and the performances are great. So I... That's kind of my exposure to Trek. I've seen the three Abrams movies. I have watched Wrath of Khan. And uh, I think that's about it. Also, Aaron says 30 minutes and still no Moon Knight talk. It's coming, and I've been trying to do the accent throughout. But yeah, it keeps slipping. <laughs> I sound Australian, yeah. like you. <laughs> I'm trying. We'll get that. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> maybe lose the mate maybe the mate is the think, problem isn't mate like an english thing though too ian let us know about the uh you know the australian you know say mate to english. people say mate too you're a top bloke <laughs> i think that's better one of the things i've, I've noticed i've started uh, when i've been watching lost is uh charlie in it his english and he says sodding a lot like that sodding guy over there like sodding is effing like F you, you say sod you or sodding. I like the I like how they say sodding. It's sodding English, mate. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. There you go. <laughs> sodding English. That's right. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, my exposure to Star Trek isn't the biggest, but I I've liked what I've watched. But to me, Star Wars is the thing. But the thing with Star Wars is I'm really I guess I would call myself a casual fan because I've never read the um, the books. I don't read the comics. I, I play the games. I love the games, of course, especially like Knights yeah. of the Old Republic. That's kind of my thing. Um, seeing all the movies, I'm working my way through the animated stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's my exposure. So you mentioned that you grew up on Star Wars. Mm-hmm. As, were your parents into Star Wars? Were no. they not into Star Trek? Or, or neither, actually. No, okay. actually, they were actually into neither. But I, uh, my grandfather is a big mm-hmm. sci-fi guy. So that's right. where a lot of my sci-fi interests come from. Even my horror stuff actually comes from him. Where where it comes into play with me is when I was growing up, my dad had Star uh, had uh, Return of the Jedi on VHS. That's the only Star Wars I thought ever existed when I was growing up. But every every week on TV, my parents would watch The Next Generation. Um, you know, Star Wars wasn't a TV show when I was growing up, but Star Trek was all over TV. Okay. With the original series, with Next Generation, which uh, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, 
uh, enterprise. Now it's into into the new age with Discovery um, and beyond. So I grew up on Star Trek more than I grew up on Star Wars. That's where my fondness for it came from. Um, so it, it's more of a, a quantity thing when I was growing up. And, you know, even now, the best Star Trek movie for me is better than the best Star Wars movie. So, you know, my favorite Star Trek movie, First Contact, I like better than um, Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just it's just a growing up thing. Like, my favorite sports team is the favorite sports team of my father's who would watch it all the time on TV. You know, my favorite, you know, Star Trek versus Star Wars thing is just because when I was growing up, my parents' thing was their favorite thing was Star Trek. Um, so it, exactly. It's just a nostalgia thing. Um, you know, and that's what I, every time that I watch a new Star Trek thing, um, you know, whether it be Discovery or Picard, um, you know, I want it to feel like it did when my parents were watching it. Um, I want it to feel like, you know, Jean-Luc Picard, um, you know, it, like it was back then. Um, it's not like that now because Star Trek now is more like Star Wars is now, you know, it's, it's, it's a new, it's a new, it's a new landscape. They're new fans. Um, you know, they have to make Star Trek more accessible to more people, which is good. It's going to, it will have to, if it wants to grow, um, that kind of thing. Um, Ian, you're hundred percent right. I heard Trekkie say the Abrams movies aren't real Star Trek shame because they're amazing. My friend, um, who is a Trekkie, he believes that, that the new ones, there aren't, they aren't Trek films. You know, Discovery isn't Star Trek. You know, Star Trek is next generation Voyager, uh, Deep Space Nine, that's Star Trek. So, so the new stuff, you know, I get that. But as I tell my friend all the time, if, if you want it to succeed, if you want to see more of it, it has to adapt and it has to change uh, to grow. And that's the same thing for Star Wars now, too. Star Wars is trying to do that. You know, they tried to do that with the with the trilogy, you know, Last Jedi, Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker. It tried to change. And for some people, it didn't work. And some people, it did. Yeah, that's really split. That one's yep. a really clear 50-50 on that one. <laughs> Um, yep. Enjoy what you enjoy, though. Um, so I think also a lot of people are saying in the comments, and, and you mentioned this too, I think one of the advantages that Star Trek had over Star Wars is it was always around for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that Star Wars is getting now. And I wonder how if you ask someone in 20 years from now, which one, you know, w- which one did you grow up with, I suppose? Yeah. I wonder if Star Trek or Star Wars will take that. Because you have the Disney Plus content, and that's not stopping. I mean, you've got mm-hmm. two seasons of Mandalorian, one season of Boba Fett so far. We have Kenobi coming this year, which I am over the moon for. And, and you know, a bunch of other stuff, Ahsoka. And I just wonder how that landscape is going to change going forward now that they're catching up in a way. Not that they well, needed it, to. But. Well, it's interesting, too, because Star Trek Discovery, Picard, they're not for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mandalorian, Boba Fett... They're for kids. My kid, my, my, my six-year-old son watches them. So it's interesting how it, how it's, you know, how it's, you know, moving forward. Star Wars is for kids. I think it's always, always should be for kids. Um, you know, Star Trek isn't for kids. It's not for little kids. Like they're, they have a cartoon show. They can watch it, but they don't get any of the references because they all reference shows that came, or, um, old shows and stuff that you're, uh, if you're not a Star Trek fan, you don't understand. But that's another uh, thing too. There's so mm-hmm. much to, like, if you want to get into Star Trek, there's so much to catch up on. Yeah, because like I like the original Shatner series. It doesn't help me if I want to watch Enterprise or anything right. else. <laughs> yeah, I just spend you know X amount of hours watching William Shatner beat the crap out of rubber aliens. That's right. So, yeah, that's that's, that's so that's uh, the poll for last week, guys. Star Wars versus Star Trek. We've got a new one up on our Twitter account right now. Uh, we are asking if you prefer to see your favorite characters and stories from comics, novels, games. Etc. Adapted to film or TV. Do you want complete accuracy, or do you think there's a little bit of leeway for um, a little bit of expansion, a little bit of growth? You know, do you believe in a hundred percent comic accuracy versus um, you know people taking liberties in the the way they write or uh, portray their characters, stories, anything like that? We got a couple options up on the Twitter account. We've got accuracy matters most. Uh, just tell a good story, which is in the big lead right now. 
keep what works and uh, wait. You guys read. Um, it's in uh, last place, but I'm surprised there's still 5% of the vote. So hit us up on our Twitter account, guys. Get your voice heard. Let us know in the comments, and we'll read some of those comments as well. So the main topic for our show today um, and that's about welcoming new fans. Um, it's something that I think about all the time. Um, you know, gatekeeping versus being a welcoming, welcoming friend, as Chris says. You know, this topic has come up because of Moon Knight. Um, so, Aaron, in the comments, man, we are 45 minutes in. We're going to get into a little bit of Moon Knight conversation right now. A lot of it. Um, a lot of Moon Knight. So, I know nothing about Moon Knight. I knew nothing about Moon Knight prior to the announcement of the Moon Knight show. Immediately, as it was announced, I wanted to know more. Uh, I found out that Jeff Lemire wrote a Moon Knight series. I wanted to read it right away. I wanted to be a fan. Um, it's got a Disney Plus show. It's got a really, really, really good new comic series uh, from Jed McKay. I want to be a fan. You know, there's this idea that you can't be a new fan. Either you like something or you don't. You can't grow into things. Um you know, the gatekeeper is a big word where, you know, if something is hot and popular, you can't be a fan of it. Um, you know, you have to just stay in your lane. Um, you know, you can't you can, and you can't stop being a fan of something, too, because of, you know, whatever reasons. Um, I always like to think and we at Gathering of the Geeks like to think that if you like something like what you like um, and embrace it. Um, but there is the idea that you can't be a new fan. Either you're a fan since you were growing up until right now. Chris, what's your thoughts on being a new fan? Um, and then we'll get into being a Moon Knight fan. I like that second part. So um, being a new fan, I think it's it's daunting for a lot of people because, you know, like with Star Trek, we just talked about, there's so much to catch up with on a lot of these things. And you don't really have good jumping on points for a lot of them. Like certain characters, it's really difficult to pinpoint where you can start like x-men for example uh, you know i love x-men but when someone asks me where do i start i don't really know what to tell them anymore because <laughs> it's hard to tell them okay start with like powers of 10 or x whatever you want to say it and it's hard to tell them well just go back and read the old stuff because it's so complicated and it won't get you to where we are now yeah. and i think a lot of care should go into that and also you have to understand not everybody is going to read 55 issues of anything just to catch up so you have to give them that leeway and say okay so you want to learn about this character here are like the like the bullet points as issues or as books i think that's just the best way to do it welcoming new people into the things you like is just a fun thing to do and i don't see why you wouldn't want to share that with someone new and get that new opinion or or you know show them something they may enjoy and continue on their own i agree um, you know, it's, it's a pretty simple um, conversation and it's something as we as geeks should all want to do um, is talk about things that we love. Um, I like I like is um, Aaron right here says, I love when people come to ask me about Moon Knight. I enjoy explaining the character and recommending the books. I ask Chris the same things about Moon Knight all the time, especially um, when uh, it first started coming out. You know, I read the Lemire stuff. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. Um, I still don't really know what's going on in the Jed McKay stuff, but I still try and keep up on it. And you know, like I ask, um, there's characters in there I don't know. Um, and I ask Chris about it and I want to learn more. And it's okay to want to learn more and it's okay not to as well. You don't have to be a fan of everything in the world. Right. Um, the big thing for me when I saw No Way Home, everyone in the world loved that movie. Everyone in the, in the world was excited to see that movie. I was not excited to see that movie. Um, I like the movie, but I don't love the movie. I actually have a lot of problems with the movie. And it actually feels weird not being a fan of something when your friends are a fan of something as well. Um, but being, you know, you have to be in your in your own head and realize, you know, I like what I like. People can like what they like. I don't hate my friends for liking something that I don't like. Um, it's actually a little upsetting sometimes um, not liking something that my friends like. But it's also an idea that I'm my own person. I like things that other people don't like. And, you know, one day my favorite thing will be on TV or, or movie as well. Like That's the big thing that I see right now. Our friend Nico is beyond out of this world about No Way Home. 
My friend right here across the screen for me, Chris, is beyond out of this world and will be on out of this world when Moon Knight Episode 1 comes on. I couldn't be happier when this stuff happens. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't be happier when my friends like what they like. And I can't be happier when I like what I like. Um, and this idea that one thing has to be a certain way and it can't be any other way is also a, a detrimental thing as well. Mm. Um, you know, that, and that's something we'll get into Moon Knight now. That's something with Moon Knight. After we saw that short little teaser, there were some things in there that looked not not very Moon Knighty. I want to say. Um, the symbiote suit kind of thing happening. Um, you know, the different... Um, you know, not being straightforward with which character it was. Mark Spector and whoever the two other ones are. Uh, Chris, you can fill me in with that. Steven. Um, yeah. Um, so not Stevie. What's yeah? <laughs> what, what what are your what are your? I want to get your trepidations about the Moon Knight going forward now. As someone who is the biggest Moon Knight fan I know, mm. probably and up until you know the first trailer came out, the only Moon Knight fan I really knew. <laughs> yeah, everybody's um, a fan now. It's amazing. I, I love exactly. it. I exactly. Exactly. So you know, give me some trepidations about the Moon Knight in this show are you scared about anything actually well so when the show was announced they had some comments on it that did make me worry about it like one of the showrunners described it as indiana jones with a marvel character and i was like that's not really moon knight but i'll allow it let's see what you're doing and then uh they cast oscar isaac i believe it was after that and I said, okay, cool. Now we're in for something. And um, then when we saw the first, like that that quick teaser in November, I think, and uh, we got a glimpse of him. Right. That that helped me out a lot. But now that I've seen this kind of full trailer and I could see they're, they are embracing his mental illness, which is one of the biggest parts of the character, I'm a lot less uh, worried about it. A lot less worried. Because if you do Moon Knight, and you don't at least touch on the mental illness stuff, you're doing it wrong. He's not Batman. He can be considered like Batman, but like you and I have talked about, everybody is Batman. <laughs> everybody <laughs> is going to beat the crap out of somebody in an alley, and oh, and he's got a cape on, so it's automatically Batman. <laughs> Everybody's Batman except Superman. So, um, yeah, I'm a lot less worried, and I really love the trailer. There are some different things in, in there, though, like you said. Uh, the symbiote suit is not something I've ever seen in the comics. Now, granted, I don't know everything there is to know about the character. I've not read every book, mm -hmm. but I have read quite enough, and I don't think I've seen that. Um, but I'm interested to see what they do with it. And there are some mm -hmm. other things that are strange, like Stephen is now English, and he's not rich. That's a change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wonder about, you know... If, if Disney Plus and, and Marvel have decided that maybe they can take a couple liberties with the character because mm -hmm. no one knows who the character is. Like, you do, but the masses who are going to watch the show have no idea who Moon Knight is. Well, yeah, and that's another thing. When you talk about introducing people, you have to give them something that they can grasp onto. And if you just go full steam ahead with Moon Knight, there's a chance you might lose people because his origin is fairly dark. And then you have to couple with, well... In his head, he may not even be there when you're watching him. He may be Stephen Grant or Jake Lockley, who are two very different characters. And so I think we get glimpses of that here, and Marvel and um, Disney are going to ease us into his world. And I do think that we are going to see Jake Lockley, which is the other perform uh, personality. I think he is going to be in it, but I, I believe maybe just to kind of, um, I don't know, ease someone in or just welcome them to the so the character, we're just going to see Steven at first. That's my guess. The idea of, you know, that there is so many possibilities is, is an interesting thing. You know, three different personalities, you know, or what have you. The idea of, you know, where this Moon Knight show is going to go. Um, you know, we're getting a lot of teases of Blade um, and what's his name's character from Eternals. Um, what's his name? Black Knight. Black, Black Knight. Mm -hmm. um, where all that stuff's going to go is interesting. Um, you know, the, the big selling point for me, for a layman, for a person that still barely knows anything about Moon Knight is Oscar Isaacs and Ethan Hawke. Mm. Um, you know, they're, they're them alone as you know, two main characters. Um, 
you know, Ethan Hawke is outstanding in everything that he does. He's really also very selective in stuff that he does. He is. Um, you know, he's not in, in a lot of big stuff. Um, you know, so him being in this role, I think I read somewhere that Oscar Isaacs is the one that asked him to be in it. Um, or someone he knew personally asked him to be in it. Um, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about, you know, how, as I am with most of the Disney plus shows before I watch any of them and I don't like them is how different this looks. Um, you know, with all of the shows that we've seen so far, I was excited about how different it looked from compared to what we've seen at the theaters with the MCU. Um, it hasn't worked out for any of the shows so far for me. Um, I'm very hopeful that it'll hook, work out for Moon Knight for me. Um, and I think it certainly helps with Oscar Isaacs being in the show and Ethan Hawke in it, you know, and maybe just get into that a little bit. What do you think about Oscar Isaacs on, on the whole as being Mark or, or the other personalities? Saban. Um, so Aaron, before I do that, Aaron asks if we'll see Mr. Knight, which is a different Moon Knight persona. Um, I think we will because in the trailer, I don't know if it was the main one or that other one. We do see him with the white gloves and the it looks like a suit jacket on. So I think we're going to get it, which also adds to my theory that the suit is not real and it's in his head. That, that's that been my, my theory for a little bit, just because he doesn't typically look otherworldly in comics. Um, his suit was actually even white in his first appearance. It wasn't supposed to be white but they thought it was white. So when they drew it after that, they made it white, but it was actually black and white. Um, fun fact. Uh, Oscar Isaac, though. Yeah. He is one of my favorite actors. I absolutely adore his performances. I think he brings a lot to everything he's in. And he's a guy who has, he was Apocalypse. Not a lot of people remember that. He played Apocalypse <laughs> in X-Men. When he got announced for that, I lost it because I was so excited to see him in that. I was like, yes. Not only am I getting Apocalypse, Apocalypse, I'm getting Oscar Isaac as Apocalypse. And then I got that movie. Um, and then, of course, he's been in Star Wars. I love him as Poe Dameron. So he knows his way around these, these franchises. And he knows at this point, he knows what he likes and what he doesn't like. So for him to dive completely into Moon Knight, I think, is an excellent sign. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know if you've seen the uh, the reaction video with him and Ethan Hawke watching the trailer. I've heard about it. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> he even mocks his own accent, which is great. So you think it's on purpose then? The accent, yeah. The accent, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think okay. it is because Mark Spector is not English. <laughs> he right. is an American mercenary, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think Stephen has ever been English. I could be wrong, but I don't think he's ever been English. So I, I I do think that it is a um, exaggeration, mate. <laughs> Work in progress. We're getting there. Uh, we're getting there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, him. I, I think Oscar Isaac is really what sealed the deal and will seal the mm-hmm. deal for a lot of people, just because you see him, you know it's quality, and mm-hmm. he really does fit the Mark Spector role very well. I think because Mark Spector is. Um, He's never really had, a, I don't think, a traditional, like, defining characteristic about the way he looks. Hmm. It's not like Batman, well, he's got blue eyes, a chiseled jaw, and all that. Moon Knight kind of varies, or, or just an artist. If you even see his face. Because generally, hmm. he doesn't, like, the new run, he doesn't even want to take off the mask anymore. All right. He is only Mr. Knight, or Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as uh, Zeddy says in the comments, we got two episodes dropping on pre- premiere day for Disney Plus. I think that's the way anything should go so far. I love that way of storytelling. And uh, we got episodes. that eight episodes, so that's uh, that should uh, do well. And I think they said that was it was coming out in March, March thirtieth, um, March thirtieth, two a.m. Actually, if you want to watch it that way, which I will. <laughs> and the thirty to forty-five minutes. Just saying. Okay, good. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, (laughs) um, So that's our Moon Knight talk, guys. We missed it last. I think the trailer came out on Monday. Came out Monday, yeah. So it was the day after we recorded. Um, It's it was it's a really fun trailer. It's really short, so I expect we'll probably get one more full trailer, uh, story trailer. um, Give us more insight uh, into what the show uh, is really going to hold for us. Um, Chris, that's going to wrap it up for us. Anything else you want to talk about before we get on out of here? I'd like to see Jake Lockley. <laughs> and I'd like to see another shot of the suit. Mm-hmm. Give me more. Give me more. Give me more. Well, yeah, because I never thought I'd see him in live action anyway, so now I want it all. 
Yeah, <laughs> you'll be upset when it's over because they'll be that'll probably be it unless we see oh. them in in the MCU. Well, I think it's just the start. I think it's the start of Disney's or Marvel's new darker mm-hmm. MCU stuff. All right, we're gonna hop on out of here, guys. Uh, Chris, just uh, give us some plugs, man. Where can people find you on the internets? The internets? Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at that Chris Seven Zero. But as I've been saying, I prefer you guys follow G of the Geeks on Twitter. Hey, there's Peacemaker. Yeah, uh, followers over there, and please, if you have not already, subscribe to the channel and smash the like button or whatever you guys do with it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Tap it, love it, something. <laughs> Uh, we had a lot of people in the chats tonight. I want to say thank you again to Ian, Zeddy, Juan, Carlos, Aaron, uh, Cookie Monster, Lauren, Grabs, uh, Juan, Frank, uh, Matthew Anderson jumped in for a bit. Uh, DC Patrol was in the comments. Uh, I think that's everyone. Al, thanks for copping in. Um, thanks to all guys. It really makes a lot of fun when you guys are around. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Emmett Davis seven. Like Chris said, just follow us on Twitter at G of the geeks. Um, and if you're watching this uh, episode, make sure you hit that like button and subscribe as well. Uh, make sure you put us on your Sunday calendar. Uh, in saying all that for Chris Evans, I'm Emmett Davis and we gather on Sundays. <laughs>